Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. first met on the precipice overlooking the great chasm. You had come forth from the chasm's death, depths. But you had only just slain us! Our blood had yet to dry! Indeed, you've served me well. Now die a better death knowing you've served your enemy. Unacceptable! This week, everyone, is Bravely Default for the Nintendo 3DS, and I am joined by guest professor, Mr. Mikey Phillips, friend of Irrational Passions. How are you doing, my friend? I am doing great. Thank you very much for inviting me to come on to this show. I was really excited when you first told me that you were doing this kind of thing, and I was really hoping to be involved, so I really appreciate you bringing me on. Oh, of course. Well, I'm glad you showed interest. You answered the call, and I heard I, I Logan uh, from our website uh, said, man, you gotta you gotta do something with this Keylock guy. All he is saying, <laughs> like, he is up your alley. You gotta get him on something. So it's like, awesome. That, that fits perfectly, and when you listed Bravely Default in your RPGs that you're super, super uh, interested in, you really like, I was like, oh, we gotta, we gotta talk some Bravely Default. So glad you could oh, come yeah, totally. on. Glad you could come on. Yeah, anytime. So to get our listeners into the proper headspace and take you back to when this all began, Bravely Default originally came out in Japan in 2012 on October 12th. 11th excuse me with an updated version coming out in japan on december 5th to 2013 we finally got it in no in north america february 7th of 2014 and europe actually got it got this game before us on december 6 2013 now there, how weird is I know, that did like it, europe never gets anything and then they get this yeah <laughs> like, i was I was super salty when when that news came out because I was really really looking forward to this game and then when they got it like two it, really two months and a day before us I was like oh that that hurts and of course this was back when Nintendo hated the idea of region free so you couldn't even import it easily so it was a super super bummer right but there were, I mean it yeah. was it was just weird it was it. It was hurtful, but we eventually got it, and it was fantastic. But there were a bunch of other games that also came out in 2014. Dragon Age Inquisition came out in 2014. Uh, mm-hmm. My baby game yeah. that I love, yeah. and my Iron Bull that's in there <laughs> somewhere, oh, and yeah. I just mm, love that. I love that. Ver- I, that is probably my favorite Dragon Age, that it's one. definitely better than two. Elder Scrolls Online came out. I remember the kind of the rough... Uh, the rough patchy uh the rough patch that the game went through at launch but it has it seemingly turned around i haven't i got a free copy with my xbox one but i've never i've never played it so i haven't played it either but it seems to have cleaned itself up i mean my problem is like i can only dedicate myself to one mmo at a time Mm -hmm. like i just i can't yeah like i just can't yeah same um funny enough the last game that we talked about with alex uh, the year that came out, Smash Bra- or Smash Brothers Brawl came out, and this time in 2014, Smash Brothers for Wii U came out. So this <sighs> yeah. series is so far intrinsically tied to games that came out in <laughs> Smash Brothers years. Mario Apparently. Kart 8 also came out. Uh, well, the, the first time. It came out for the first time in, uh, in 2014. Uh, Divinity Original Sin like surprised everybody with how good that was. 
that originally came out in 2014. Pokemon Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire reintroduced the worlds to Team Magma and Team Aqua. World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. bleh, World of Warcraft Warlords of Draenor came out. The crazy smash hit Hearthstone came out in 2014. Are you m- much of a fan of uh, the TCG? Um, I was in high school a lot of mm-hmm. TCGs. I kind of stopped because I was like, this is a lot of money. Yeah. And then Hearthstone came out at a really good time because it was like free to play and I could mm-hmm. just play it. So I did enjoy my short-lived time with Hearthstone, but that's typically my life with TCGs these days. Yeah. It's, I play them until I'm like, oh, now I see where the power creep is coming mm-hmm. from, and I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> yep, pretty much. I've been a long-time uh, Magic the Gathering player. Um, cause my what's your what's your guild? Ooh, uh, is it really red blue? Yeah. Is it is it because you like playing is those it? colors, is or it you sometimes like the guild? I like I I like the i like the dragon i like it i like the dragon um but okay that's fair but i remember i've had some really good luck and i really enjoyed demir with the black blue see normally my go-to is um probably boros okay going the if you red white yeah red white or if i have to or white or if i can't have boros i'll go celestia green white always Um, a good combo classic I just I just like uh, those three colors typically mm-hmm. like like those three colors speak to me on like my play style mm-hmm. but like blue black like the only time I've had success with any of those colors in a deck has been if I've splashed black and red and then it's just me just killing stuff over and over again <laughs> but that is just a whole nother ball game <laughs> I have a, a rage inducing mill deck with black and uh, black and uh. Blue. Man, you're like <laughs> the opposite of me. <laughs> I very rarely the, play that. Uh, um, and really, my friends, we normally play Commander nowadays. Um, and oh, this I is in Commander. a Commander deck, so I don't really play that. I have a five-color Dragon Commander deck, which I absolutely love. And that's what I, I primarily play these nice. days. Um, I look forward to the day that Arena, MTG Arena, gets Commander. Yeah. And we'll put it that way. Uh, you should check Make out Cockatrice. Oh, I should? Okay. It, oh, I've seen Cockatrice. I played that, like, way It's back a little then. rough around the edges, but, I mean, all the cards are in there, and it has a pretty good uh, community around it, so. Yeah, but, I'll have to check it out. But we're not talking, we're not here to talk about magic. We're here to talk about Bravely <laughs> Default. Uh, I guess it's kind of a role-playing, because you're kind of a role-playing planeswalker, but uh, we'll do I'm... that for another episode. Because we, got, <laughs> we got plenty of games to talk about. We got, right now, we're talking we, we Bravely do. Default. And yeah, uh, but yeah, a f- just a few more games that came out in 2014. We had Watch Dogs, the original Watch Dogs came out. The Halo Master Chief Collection came out in 2014, and South Park Stick of Truth showed us that we could have a really good South Park game. That's hilarious and basically a season of the show. Fantastic. That game, that game, should not have been good, but somehow it amazingly is good. Yes. Like I don't, I don't know how they did it. The writing, <laughs> but they did. The it. writing and the look. Yes. Yes, pretty much accurate, hundred percent, completely. But yes, completely. So, Mikey, give give me a brief rundown of your experience and kind of your memories with Bravely Default. A lot of uh, my first when I first started playing Bravely Default, I was like, okay, I see what they're doing here. Okay, yay, jobs. Okay, this is just like Final Fantasy five or something where i'm doing a lot of job changes and blah 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 okay crystals they might as well just call this final fantasy whatever but then like as the story like started going i was like oh shit Mm -hmm. there's a reason why this isn't part of the main line oh this is something new what are they doing but also what kept me going like what kept me going throughout the story was the combat system mm-hmm. like the brave and default system it sounds so basic and so like oh yeah this makes total sense but the fact that like they they've introduced this and did it so well and then now it's being used in other games now mm-hmm. like octopath traveler like even you know yeah. but 
Like, it's just, it's just such, my memories of this game started, like, this is very, like, I'm very dogging on it. Like, I was like, why did I buy this game, et cetera, et cetera. And then, like, as I kept playing it, I was like, nope, this, this, this is, I'm here. I'm here for this. I'm, I'm 100% <laughs> here for this. <laughs> now, was there a particular moment where the game just clicked for you? Mm, probably the first, re- the first reset. Really? Or not reset, but, like, the first time you, like you know you wipe away the world like you don't you go to the next world basically okay that's where i was like oh oh mm-hmm. what's happening what is this i've spent like 20 hours and i've barely scratched this stuff yeah. what what is going on you know mm-hmm. it was just like what what is this now and then like also like just what also was interesting, and th- this really did also like trigger like trigger me to keep wanting to play, is I had left the title screen on mm-hmm. for a little bit, and a message came across, and I'm not going to say what the message was. Oh, we, you, but you like, can actually go ahead and say it, because later on we do from like around the web, and someone specifically mentioned this part as well. Um, oh, okay. Like, it basically said, like, don't trust Aerie, or don't trust the fairy. I can't remember if it said Aerie or fairy, the but fairy like, it basically- The fairy lies the fairy lies yeah that was i was like what you just turned the most typical most trustworthy thing into something that i now have to second guess every freaking Mm -hmm. thing that she said from the very beginning and then like what was also interesting is like what, what got me like at the very beginning of the game though was that whole like you laid a card down and you know how nintendo was super into ar augmented reality right Mm -hmm. like and there was that whole scene where you're just like tracking your 3ds around hoping to god you're not losing the sight of the character and like she's just pleading to you to like please save them and i'm like okay well this is starting out with a with a with a bang or like something very Mm -hmm. odd and i don't know the game is just the game was just very refreshing for the time of turn-based rpgs when i thought turn-based rpgs were like all but dead and like Around this time frame, I mean, even then, like, I think... Well, Square was surprised (sighs) how well Bravely Default did in the West. Because they were very... I remember they were very hesitant to bring it over to the States. Because they had the idea that no one in the West really cared or liked turn-based RPGs anymore. So they were very surprised when it did well. Yeah, I don't blame them, honestly. Like, the way that turn-based RPGs were selling, I was like, yeah... I wouldn't have said this. If you would have, if I was a CEO and you told me, hey, we're going to ship this to the U.S., you think that's worth the money? I've probably been like, y'all crazy. Especially, sure, yeah, es- why not? Especially in the quality <laughs> that they localized it in. With I, I thought the mm-hmm. voice work was really well done. I think the writing mm-hmm. was really well done. It had some really good mm-hmm. play, uh, really good kind of quirks to it. Murger, gur, gur, gur. A personal favorite, always. <laughs> I love it. Adia, Adia's yeah. Murgurger, yeah, I love that. Still to this day, one of the the best RPG quirks uh, from that it's, I can remember. See, and I love On Yes is Unacceptable mm-hmm. so much. Like, I know a lot of people like hate on On Yes, and I completely get why. Like, I get it, mm-hmm. but like, I just love that line, and every time she says it, it just completely portrays like the voice actress completely portrayed the emotion of the scene at the time and it was just like perfect thank you 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 that that was a great catchphrase and then what was funny is when you bravely second and she's like well if tiz says so it's acceptable and i'm like (laughs) oh my god this game uh it's i remember I have such fond memories. I I remember being really excited because I'm a huge fan of job systems in RPGs. Like Final Fantasy V, absolutely love with the job systems. Final Fantasy III, it's a bit difficult, but I love how that incorporated job systems. I liked. I really like kind of the predecessor to this game, Four Heroes of Light, which was a Final Fantasy spinoff title. Mm-hmm. And I've just always loved kind of the customizability that job systems give players to being able to choose how they want to go about games. I think it adds a lot of replayability to mm-hmm. to the game and a lot of options to make, you know, your own kind of challenges like we see a lot with Final Fantasy 1 as an example, all white mage party or all fighter, things like that. 
Right, and like you can do that in this oh, game. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Like, th- th- but it's also like a risk yeah. to doing a job system game because those are really hard to balance. Because mm-hmm. like nine times out of ten, there's this broken job that you just pretty much can just get away with. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, and and this game has some jobs that are better than others. But like, I feel like most jobs. I mean, there might be like one or two jobs that are difficult to use. Mm-hmm. But if you use them just right. Like, they succeed, but, like, there are some jobs that are, like, are they worth the time and effort to put into? And some of them aren't, and some of them are. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I like so, how the mixing and match ability between jobs and abilities in this game, I think, really... So smart. It incredibly smart, and it, it, it added so many options, and you could do so much and really customize your party. And I know I've, I'm saying customize a lot, but... They really nailed just how much these jobs let you do in this game. Um, oh, so yeah, good, hundred percent. I I agree. They nailed they this team nailed job systems yes. like hundred percent. They nailed it out of the park. There and they also like they ta- What's interesting is this team introduced an amazing job system, a new and interesting way of doing turn-based combat with the brave and default system, and then they added like little small mechanics too that impacted greatly the fights, mm-hmm. like the bravely second feature. Just stop fucking time. Oh, yeah, stop time whenever you. <laughs> yeah, just stop time whenever you want if you have the points for it and execute an ability or string. Oh, you you're worried about that opponent's next turn and you see what they're about to do stop time mm-hmm. like it's just oh, it's so good it's just so good it just feels good too just the simple mechanic like of the bravely and default system being able to store up turns or mm-hmm. go into the go into debt of turns basically by over braving the crazy things you could do with that and take advantage of it 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 made the basic turn-based mechanics so much more and added so much tactical depth, I found, especially with a lot of the boss fights. Because um, I think this game had some really good boss fights as well. Oh, the bosses are amazing in this game. Like, every class job fight where you have to beat mm-hmm. the person the to get holder. their... Yeah, the asterisk holder, sorry. Um, but yeah, when you have to beat them, every character feels pretty fleshed out by the time you have to go and beat them up. Like, there's there's a few that stand out, don't get me wrong, but like every one of them just felt really good. Like, the, the story, the background, the character design, the voice acting, mm-hmm. like it was just very solid. I was very happy with a lot of the bosses in this game. Yeah. And we haven't even touched on the ability to customize your special moves, basically your limit breaks, which opens up a whole oh nother can of worms and the incorporation oh my God. of the songs that play and how that bestows certain buffs and uh, like enhancements to your party as long as that song's playing. And oh my gosh, we haven't talked about the music. Oh, the music is so good. Especially, can we just touch on that one thing that you said though during the special attacks? The the fact that you can chain special attacks mm-hmm. and hear the music of all their themes, like the theme of Agnes mm-hmm. and Tiz and Ring a Bell and Adia, all overlap each other, and how badass it sounds and just you just know like you're bouncing in your chair holding your like 3ds like oh i'm about to wreck these foes because i am like all buffed out Mm -hmm. and then like you can not only that you can summon a friend's special attack that you're a friend of or whatever that you stored in the necklace and just wreck shop with like an op friend ability on top of all the other things you could do there's so many options in this game that i'm really glad that they kind of dole them out to you Mm -hmm. like pretty fairly in the opening game like they don't just grant you everything like right off the gate yeah. but like they they kind of just give it to you in bite-sized chunks so you don't like feel overwhelmed or touching a bit on the pendant and working having friends in the friend code system with it being able to link your characters with your friends characters and getting access to all the levels uh the job levels that that character possessed and yep it was such a good way to for me try out classes you don't have yet yep 100 percent. um 
it was like, what a cool idea. Granted, it it was incredibly easy and could be broken to hell, depending on right. when you use it. But at the same time, it gave you, it let you try things before you got there and kind of work well, things out. Or you mm-hmm. couldn't use it, or you could opt to not use it at all. It right. gave players game, that choice. Yeah, the game was very customizable difficulty-wise. Mm-hmm. It was totally up to the player. How They gave you a lot of cheap, like, OP stuff you can use, but it was totally up to the player whether or not to actually use those tools. Yeah. And, like, yeah, even the... Uh, you could turn was, off gaining experience, job points, and money if you wanted to. Mm, yep, you could. Which I, which I really enjoyed, and I'll touch upon this later in our uh, tips for new players section, but being able... It, the the central focus I feel of the gameplay is just b- letting players customize their uh, their experience. Like that's the central focus I feel, but behind every 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 decision in terms of the gameplay mechanics, I feel just oozes customizability from. Um, the speed of battle that you can do if you want to automate kind of the grinding aspect if you only want to earn job points when you're grinding so you don't completely over level if you want to combine all sorts of crazy job abilities you can do that between your two classes Um, customize your special attacks or like your limited attacks so they do oh i want this attack for this weapon on this character incorporating these stat debuffs or status effects or elemental property it's just so much stuff you can do and it was handled so well and i love rpgs that give you the option if you really want to you can become completely overpowered and broken but it's it's up to you yeah yeah it's up to you whether you want to put the time in i mean it's the thing is with all this it, it is a time sink mm-hmm. to do all these yeah. things. Like, if you want to put the time in, this game if rewards you for playing it 100%. If you play this game, like, the more and more you do, you will become freaking godlike. Like, that's just how it is. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's just incredible all the systems they packed in in this game. Like, and how freaking good it looks on a 3ds mm-hmm. well especially like the 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 scenery like how oh, it had the that, hand like, painted uh environments and everything yes. oh it's so yes. good looking just i this game is very special um i i think the first one deserves all the accolades it has gotten like 100 completely agree like um yeah um, but let's touch wow. on a bit of, we touched on it very briefly before, um, the soundtrack of this game. Oh my god. This still stands the test of, I would say, probably one of the best uh, game soundtracks. Definitely one of the best RPG soundtracks, if not one of the best soundtracks probably in the past decade or two. I It is definitely up there. Loved it. And I will say right now, Serpent Devouring the Earth um the final boss theme is perhaps my favorite final boss theme of any rpg oh wow that is that is saying a lot it, <laughs> that is that is a lot it, i have i've had it on my like my music playlist since i first heard it and was blown away by it and what it invokes so much emotion from me because what especially one of the parts uh, all those special songs that play when you use your special attacks for all the characters, they play in, in a section of the final boss music, if you're listening to it. Mm-hmm. And it's, I just, whenever I hear it, all I picture is like the the party kind of pulling themselves together and like let, letting loose their like big attack, like teaming up together, like one after another, very like anime style, like RPG style, just... I see that in my mind whenever I hear that song, and it just pumps me up. And it's, it's so it's dramatic. It's full of it's got that like dangerous kind of vibe to it. That mm-hmm. the uh, the impact no. of the moment that you're in. 
Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like that theme fits that moment of like the final boss. I'm trying to not ruin the final boss as much as I can. Uh, like, like it's just that song plus with everything that has happened, mm-hmm. all the th- all all of the places you've been to. It just the culmination of all the all the betrayals and everything, and it's just it's just such a good sound sound to be like the finale boss oh, you yeah. know what i mean like it just it just it just chef kiss oh like so good yeah but honestly my favorite song is uh tizz's tizz's theme i don't know what it is about tizz's theme but i can just dance to that shit all day it's good like hands that like it, it like i and you just you just know and after playing the game so long and you hear tizz's theme mm-hmm. you know like oh i'm about to wreck these foes let's go oh yeah like that get the, just gets you hype mm-hmm. like i and i love songs that just hype me up oh yeah and this whole game is nothing but like every time you do something cool in combat it is just let's go i'm hype come on even though this is like a turn-based combat game like yeah it's so weird to like talk about like hype levels like in a turn-based rpg but like there there was like legit hype oh, yeah. when you were when, when when like you did those special attacks and Tiz's theme or like Adia's theme, but like I don't know what it is about Tiz's. Tiz's just sounds so good that mm-hmm. I, I just love that theme so much. I I completely agree. And I love the mystery behind the characters, like with Ring and Bell and everything that goes on with him. I love the dynamic and kind of the back and forth that Edie uh Adia has to deal with with kind of going against her father um yeah the kind of struggle that anyas is going through the through the whole game with the rest of her order basically being murdered and her being the last one uh, and yeah i think i don't i don't think the idea on yes like combination like those two characters like dialogue together doesn't get shouted out enough Mm -hmm. because it's literally like you're hearing the words of the duchy and the crystal orthodoxy literally like right there like that you could see the turmoil in both of their voices and like how they speak to each other for the longest time because of their differences you know and it's just very interesting and how ring a bell is man ring a bell is something (laughs) (laughs) like He's he's got so much going on under the hood and he doesn't even know yeah. it. Like it's just so odd. It, it's it's a ragtag bunch. It is, and it works so well. And I gotta say, this is I'm hopeful that because Nintendo and their developers seem to be starting to take 3DS titles and bring them to the Switch, if the there is no other game from the 3DS 3DS's library that I want more on my Switch than Bravely Default in second. Yeah, that'd be cool to have a combo pack. That would be like have a Bravely a Bravely Default second like combo, you know. Yeah. But I don't know if they'll do that. We'll see. I cuz the problem there's that touchscreen stuff you'll have to kind of figure out how to do, but I mean that's just opening another menu, but whatever, you know. I mean they they're working it out with Yokai Watch, which was a very touchscreen heavy game too. This is very true. And I think bravely it would be much easier to incorporate with that. Um but I could see them releasing like a combo pack to hype up a bravely third game. Yeah, but do you think they're going yes. to with the success of Octopath? Yes. I think they will. Okay. Okay. I just worry because I don't think end layer bravely second end layer really got people's attention i don't at least not my i mean from what i heard i didn't it, i started it definitely bravely wasn't second, but received as well um as mm-hmm. as um default but i think it's i think it's one of those games where there's enough of a fan base because i mean they did do a mobile title of it in japan and everything and i think that did fairly well um yeah they did plus I think the world, especially the West, is much more open to turn-based RPGs than they were when Bravely Default and Second came out. So I think putting them on a crazy popular system like console, like the Switch, could actually do really well for the series. Especially Second. 
So yeah, I think that would definitely give a second breath or a breath of life to the series. I just worry that they might not go back to it because they did so well with Octopath Traveler. So I don't know. Yeah, it, it would. I think they could take a lot from what they learned from Octopath and apply it to a new Bravely game. I 100% agree with that. Uh, now that, that yes, that 100%. And they might also view it as because Octopath was so well received that perhaps, okay, from the developers of Octopath comes the Bravely Complete combo pack or something. People, it, that developer is more on people's radar, perhaps. I I can I I, I just want the games on my that they are... I want an HD version <laughs> that I can play on my TV. That's all. I I, f- I feel your pain. I want it too. I just worry that because of uh, their popularity with Octopath, that they might get not get a chance unless they just make Tokyo uh, Tokyo RPG Factory like be like, hey guys, can you just like port some games for a while? Or something like that. I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. I think they could you definitely I mean? hand it off over to some some other smaller studio. There's so many studios now, or some higher, like, good quality studios, I feel, that have done really good work on porting, like, PS4 games and stuff and PS3 games to Switch. I feel like bringing, depending on how difficult the process is, I mean, bring a 3DS over to it. Think. The only problem I see with a 3DS is the touchscreen, and that honestly can be solved pretty easy nowadays. I think they've kind of figured out how to do that, like you said. Yeah, more. So. I think there's a couple games now that were originally on 3DS that are now coming to Switch. So I think as more companies do that and see that, oh, it's not that bad, and especially in terms of the touch functionality and everything in Bravely, it's not that crazy. So I feel like they can wrap their no, they can yeah. wrap their heads yeah, around yeah. it. Um, yeah, I mean, most of it I thought was basically when you're building Narende and mm-hmm. you're like touching the street pass bosses or whatever like that. Yeah, that, I mean, I think that could easily just be another screen and high, like map the touch screen or like a oh, cursor man. over to the right analog stick and a button. Right, right. It seems like we weren't the only ones that really like Bravely Default. Gunblade01 from Reddit says, Bravely Default really cemented what I look for in a JRPG, at least character-wise. The whole party has such a great dynamic, matched only by the bros in Final Fantasy XV in my opinion. Also, I hold music and JRPGs to a very high standard now because of Bravely Default, for better or for worse. I cherish I cherish just discovering all the things and more for the first time. Also, Ring a Bell is the best character. That is all. I mean, in just from a, a 3DS standpoint, Bravely Default certainly set the bar high for sound the soundtrack. Oh yeah, like that was on a 3DS and it sounded that yeah. good. Like <laughs> coming out of those little speakers was coming this like really awesome or like in your headphones mm-hmm. or whatever. Like that was just it was it was I was impressed what they were able to push with the 3DS. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong, the character models can be debatable on whether you like that mm-hmm. style or not, but like the music is like hands down like some of the best parts yeah. i think the art style like the character models and everything work work very well for the small screen where you want you need a very kind of dramatic and over exaggerated character portrait so it's easy to tell the difference between characters especially when you're sharing jobs like you want everyone to kind of at a glance be able to tell who is who um oh Plus, like, just because, like, my fashionista RPG style mm-hmm. was flaring with this game, how every job had really cool outfits yes. for every character. And there were differences sometimes between the female and the male outfits. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this satisfies my my end game fashion squad needs. Because, mm-hmm. like, I am a com- when it comes to, like, glamouring and all that, I have to look <laughs> good if I'm going into combat. Oh, yeah. And I, and I looked damn great killing that final boss oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like yeah uh Kalandra from reddit says the painted backgrounds and the music it's just a really beautiful game 
sweet, short, straight to the point. It is oh, painted backgrounds. Completely agree. The the which painted background was your favorite? Oh. If you had to pick one, I really liked Big Ship. Okay. It's. I like. Yeah, I can respect that. I thought. Plus, what a great idea for an airship. I thought that was a really cool, unique take on on the airship trope. Just having a giant city be an airship. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. I actually liked the the clock tower town. Ooh, yeah, that was really with, good. Just just because it was really interesting how they made the clock move. Mm-hmm. Like I just and I was like, this is painted, and they're making this thing like I was just like, artists are so fucking cool like like I just didn't know like back then and then it was on the 3DS and I was like how how is this how does this work someone explain yeah it was it was pretty pretty nutso lost 108 from reddit says this game got me back into RPGs after my love for them had waned during the PS2 era some treasured memories are that beautiful soundtrack Especially DeRosa introducing himself to the party before our battle. Murgurger and unacceptable! The first time that pan shot was used in Caldisla. Doing so many things to get more villagers to rebuild Narende, like setting up my own Street Pass server and going to McDonald's. Laugh out loud. That's a smart. That's smart. That was smart. That's smart. Because, like, most, most of my. Street passes came from like anime. I think like oh man, this was like this game came out in 2004. No, uh, 2014. 14, yeah. So like I probably got most of my ex- street passes from like conventions and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But yeah, that's good. Uh, the first time I saw the hint on the title screen confirming his suspicions mm. that we talked about. And I have to say, this was a really cool uh, part as well that kind of blew me away. His last point. Seeing the celestial being at the end. What a cool use of 3DS technology. That was nuts. That was (laughs) really, really crazy. I was like, what? 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 I I, I just didn't know Mm -hmm. how to react to that at that time. Because I was like... This game had done nothing but, like, use the 3DS in every way it possibly could. Mm-hmm. Like, using augmented reality, using the, the tie, you know, the camera, using the sleep mode, using street passes, using, like, it, like, used everything that the system could do. It was nuts. I remember during the final boss fight when entire universes are being decimated basically and if you have friends that also have bravely default and you're kind of friend pass with them sometimes some of their worlds will appear when they're being devoured and one of my like my best friend since middle school and everything his world was devoured it's like oh this asshole's going down he did not just do that and it it got me so hyped and it's like no i have you can't do that i have to stop you yeah, so yeah. I think I think my husband's world got delete got devoured mm-hmm. as well, and so I was I, I I felt that I was like, this mother is yeah. going down. And what <laughs> like, a cool, uh, like in the scene that we reenacted at the beginning, that cry like, our blood was um, the our blood was still fresh. Our blood, but you had just slain us. Our blood had yet to dry. It's like. She's referring to that scene in the intro cutscene because the voice you hear is Anya's pleading for your help, which is like, it happens right. again right at the end, and it's like, oh my god, it just like wraps it back around, and it was such a mind-blowing moment. That- yeah, like this... This game plays with you, just like you think you're playing. You think you're playing the game, and the game is like, no, nah, we're 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 playing you it, right it, now. It, you just it's don't playing even know. you really really hard. Um. The ninth gamer from Reddit says, My most prominent memory was me saying, I fucking knew it out loud when Alternus got unmasked. But there were loads of moments that collectively cemented this as the JRPG to compare all others to, at least in terms of characters. A lot of love for the characters. 
for the soundtrack and the appearance. Like, that is a a reoccurring theme. It's almost like we're reliving the same thing and having to go back and redo things over and over again. <laughs> Which... Funny how that happens. <laughs> perfect segue. What did you think about the rather controversial last segment of the game? Which, we'll leave it at that. Uh, I... I go back and forth with it. Um, it's very... I don't want to spoil it because everyone should just walk into it as if it's their first time. Um, okay, so if you I, haven't played this yet, uh, skip like three minutes. Three minutes, okay. I'm at, we're at 40, okay. Three minutes, we have three minutes to talk about it, so yes. Uh, I... Okay, so starting now, spoiler yeah, zone. Yeah, spoiler zone now. whatever. Like, it just... I I understood why they did it, and I appreciate it. And that's just my stance mm-hmm. on it. But, like, I can also understand why people got mad about it and why they kind of just was like, what the fuck? You know? Like, I get the rage. But, like, I understand where the developers were coming from with it. See, I'm in the minority I feel because it didn't bother me much but at the same time like I liked it I liked having to go back and like you're going to different worlds and going mm-hmm. on this cycle and Ares wings are counting down and you have to do it it's to get the, the, the full ending the complete ending um, yeah which but a lot of people lot think of people. you have to go to each individual like exclamation point to complete it when you don't you only have to go to like four or five locations beat the boss and then it's good so i think a lot of people think it's like 20 hours it like exponentially increases it when in fact it's only like a couple hours maybe three hours or so if you're high enough level it's not that bad you just steamroll bosses over and over and over again it really just depends if you grinded ahead of time or not because if you didn't do any kind of like level i feel like if you main path this game like if you just main path mm-hmm. it to uh, this point, you're gonna have a hard time. So then they probably felt like, oh god, now I have to. I've been just been main pathing this game. Now I have to seriously sit here and grind yeah. and get things. Yeah, you know that, and that's where I see most of the complaints yeah. coming from. Um, but I, for me, it didn't matter because I had already like grinded and leveled and had a battle plan and had been messing with the systems and been trying to figure stuff out but like if you were just main pathing and treating the game as like a typical jrpg turn-based jrpg i could see where when you hit that wall of like oh oh crap now now i really have to like that's that's where i think a lot of people either dropped off the Mm -hmm. game or um didn't understand what they what they should have been doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, because I'll be I'll be honest, the game doesn't tell you to do that. No. The game gives us an option. Yeah. So. It it is one of those things where I I'm I completely agree with you. I see why people are angry and don't like it. But I I love it was such a unique idea to it that I hadn't right. really experienced before that I was like on board. Plus I love the game. So end of spoilers in 3 Two, one. Okay. Can you believe that boss just did the thing? I know the thing. thing, the thing and I he just scored thing? the points. Oh my life, was... And then <laughs> he did the thing and scored the points, man. It was. Yeah, and then it was game over. And then, and then every... Link from Zelda showed up. I don't know where the hell he came from. And then out of nowhere, uh, Dante from Devil May Cry featuring. Even just Smash came Brothers through. can't get Dante. It's crazy. I, I know it was just so odd. Anyway, anyway, oh yes, where were <laughs> yes, flying dragoon from Reddit says is one of their favorite memories. For me, I was finishing my degree in computational linguistics and French. I loved the first Bravely Default, so I had to buy the second the day it came out. Okay, this is more talking about uh, okay, that part's for Bravely Second, which we're not talking about right now, but. Uh, apparently, <laughs> moon people speak French, so there's that. Um, 
apparently. Other big wins for me were in the first Bravely Default when you slowly start to get a hunch that Aerie is evil, little by little, and one day I remember turning on my DS, my 3DS, excuse me, and seeing the fairy lies. That was a bone-chilling statement that really gave me some goosebumps. I think back very fondly on the series and hope to see it make it to the Switch. It's funny how something so simple, like if you just leave the title screen on and then the fairy lies comes up, how much it has made... Like, I literally question Moogles now. (laughs) I don't trust Moogles because of this Mm. game. Like, I question Moogles now. Like, that's how... Yeah. Crazy, like this ga- paranoid this game has made me about JRPGs going forward. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, yeah, it is. It, it's just funny how one simple thing of taking like the fairy trope that you know, haha, uh, go do this. Hey, you know how to the do this. The helpful guide. Like, yeah. And there's, yeah, like there's always a helpful guide, and the helpful guide is literally the biggest dick in the universe. Like, mm. <laughs> it's just, uh. But anyways, such a good twist. It was so well done. Very, very well deserved. Well, and then you look back. You get to that point where it all starts clicking, and you realize, oh, oh, oh no! And then everything starts falling into place, and you look back, and you think back, and you're like, oh my god! Just yep. What what did I do? What did I do? (laughs) And then your mind immediately goes. How do I fix this? Yeah. Is there even a way to fix this? Yeah. Like, I, 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 I literally was like thinking, like, do I just have to replay the mm-hmm. game and not make bad decisions? Yeah. Like, I like what? Like, I was like, how do I not screw this up? And so, I mean, luckily, there's a way to not fuck it it's up. True. So it's true. Uh, we didn't really touch upon this earlier, but did you have like? main classes like what were your like go-to classes do you remember because i don't remember mine it's been so long since i played oh man uh i remember i maxed out everything though i know i can't remember the dot victor's victor's asterisk once you get that spirit master he's yes that was very handy to me Mm -hmm. um my favorite for fun class though was samurai the samurai mm-hmm. or the basically the because it was just counter based yeah and i was like how well do i know this fight oh i know this fight so well just watch <laughs> and then i was like just wrecking shop with mm-hmm. it because really that class just rewarded your ability of how much do you remember how this works so yeah i remember everyone having some i think i had everyone have at least a secondary of ninja because it gave you the chance of doing another attack so a lot of times Mm. i for a lot of my grinding what i would do is i would just because you could in a brilliant move again you could just have it repeat whatever lacks the last kind of action you did so i would just brave four times with everyone set it to automatic fastest speed and just run around and grind that way and it would usually kill everything occasionally i would do like i would brave and then uh, cast spells on everyone. Well, what was funny, uh, what, I also, eventually, if you level everything, Freelancer is just oh, godlike. Yeah. Like, the <laughs> it's just like, hey, the starting job? Oh, yeah, if you actually put the time in, it's like the best thing ever. Have yeah, fun. Yeah, because it gains buffs so, and, or stats for every class you have mastered, so it does become quite mm-hmm. the, quite the god tier uh, class. I thought the merchant class was actually handled really mm-hmm. well. I didn't use it a lot, but I thought it was really fun to play around mm-hmm. with. Um, but there, man, there, I don't know. There was a lot. There was a lot of classes. Good... And each one had 11, I think it was 11 levels for each class. And yeah, each level I... had new abilities to unlock. There was options. We go right back. Options. Right back. The customizability yeah. and all the options it gave players. It was nuts. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm actually, I brought up like a wiki of like, all going, looking through them all, and I'm like, yep, all of these were mm-hmm. freaking cool. While some of them obviously weren't like optimized or the best classes, like some of these were just so cool, mm-hmm. you know, like 
I, I, I like Arcanist. Uh, Arcanist was really mm-hmm. fun um, with the poisoning and all that yeah. jazz and debuffing. Um, freaking pirate. Yeah. Pirate was just cool because the outfits were dope <laughs> and like. Yeah. It was. I don't know, man. There's. Just, it's hard to pick like a favorite job because there's so many good um, ones. I hear that. I hear that. Uh, Samo Kish from Reddit. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing any of the intended ways you want your name to be said, but they say, love this game so much, but the ending leading up to the final boss and the final boss felt like a slap to the face. And then the final boss too. If only I knew that the extra time should have been used to level up as much as possible for the final showdown. In the boss's second form, I was so disappointed that I was wiped out so easily that I put the game away. Maybe at some point I'll come back to it and figure out how to beat the boss and move on to Bravely Second. See, I think, and this goes back to your, um, you're wanting a remake, a bundle mm-hmm. pack on Switch. I think it's been enough time now that now everyone, I think, knows the drill on this game. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you really need to level up and do your best to try to, like, grind here and there. So that way you don't run into this problem when you get to the end. And like a lot of people will know going forward, like, hey, you know this is part of the ending. Mm-hmm. So like I think it's been enough time now to where the bad taste could have left their mouth to give it another try. I could also see this part because it was so really widely critiqued and uh, mostly a lot of people disliked it. I could see it being retooled a bit. Oh yeah, I could I could 100% also see it being retooled a bit. Um, I don't know, but then again, I'm like I don't know. How, I I guess they can make it more more linear in that aspect, or maybe um, reduce difficulty of some of the bosses. Maybe rebound maybe. some of the bosses, or yeah, or they could just for the re for the repeating portion. Um, Mm-hmm. Maybe just lessen the amount of marks on the map so it's clear, like, what you need to do to continue on, that you don't need to do everything that mark. Because there was a lot of optional stuff that was also on your map um, during those parts. So yeah. I, could, I think maybe they could make it clear that you only have to do these few things to, uh, to continue right. on. I could see that being one. Boss adjustment, things like that. I agree. I just don't think they can just completely take yeah. out the jumping from world to world. That is yeah. so integral, like so important to the story yeah. that I can't see the story without that. Oh, part. I completely like, agree. That is so key. It needs it. No doubt. It no, no doubt. And for the final from the web memory, at Terminus System from Twitter says the fact that it allowed for easy grinding. It did. It's a good. It's a yeah. good grinding game. It's a good podcast game that you can just kind of grind away on and listen to something. I think. Yeah. No. I. I literally probably had auto battle going a lot and doing all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff while probably around that time frame was probably playing League of Legends or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. But like basically have that game playing itself yeah. on the side and then just getting powerful while I'm away and then by the time it's like okay we're trying to actually do something. I was like, cool, now I have to pay attention, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, I'm not actually so. winning just by doing auto battle? Okay, I guess I'll change up my tactics. Right, that too. If what we've said about Bravely Default so far has intrigued you and you haven't played it yourself, uh, here are, and you might, maybe you're interested in uh, trying to find it. Maybe you want to pick it up yourself. How do you get it, though? Well, it's actually, for the digital copy, it's it's easy to find, um, but it's not necessarily super cheap like you might expect for a game that's sold digitally you can still pick it up off the nintendo eShop. it is still 40 dollars for the digital copy so it's still the price it was when it came out it has not gone down in price but it is available currently at time of recording on the nintendo eShop for 39.99 in terms of for physical 
You can get it, I checked earlier today, for brand new sealed copy, you can get it for about $45 um, off of Amazon. And use you're looking at somewhere between $30 and $40. I think GameStop has it listed for around $30, but that's because of their dwindling 3DS stock. Rather hard to find it in terms of that. But like eBay or Amazon use, you're looking at probably around $30 to $40. So that's how you can get your hands on it. Um, but if you are thinking of picking up, Mikey and I will give you a few tips and bits of advice before your adventure into Bravely Default. For myself, I would say take advantage of the fact that you're able to turn off experience, job points, and money gain from fights. I mentioned this earlier. I found it to be a really great way to grind for new abilities and job things without completely overpowering my personal characters. Like I didn't want to be overpowered in terms of like my level and attack I do. I just really wanted to get access to all those skills and abilities. So take advantage of that. It's really helpful. And another thing is speed up the game, have a solid attack pattern, and then just go on auto battle mode. It makes the grind a lot easier. And like we were just saying, it's a great sit down and listen to something game, podcast game, what have you. So those are my tips for you for all the neat players. What about you, Mikey? I would say there's a lot of online resources to get uh, friend codes that actually they list out like what their jobs are and stuff like that. I think like Reddit, like r slash bravely default or r slash something like that. Like you can find something out there that's like they, that people put their friend codes up because they've got insane jobs or something like that. So if there's something in the story that's like road blocking you and you're just looking to like mainline it for the most part, like there are options you can go, go about. Now at some point, don't get me wrong. The friend code stuff isn't going to, like, get you through the entire game. You are going to have to, at some point, grind away. But this can help with that a bit. Um, definitely have fun mixing and matching the classes. Find out what classes work for your ideology of, like, what you want to do in combat. Uh, and just be ready to adapt. Um, and also, learn how to combo special moves. Uh, and pay attention to the music to make sure that your special moves are uh buffing your party and you're getting max buffs when you need the most sounds like some damn good advice you'll be if you listen to us you will be ready to take on all the craziness that bravely default has in store for you and i and we both and all of the internet that we talked to and i told you about recommends you pick this game up whether it's for the brilliant soundtrack the characters or the beautiful visuals, or the game mechanics, whatever. It's a fantastic game to have in your 3DS library. Now we're on to one of my favorite segments of this show. It's the monster or enemy of the week, and in this this case, it's enemies of the week, because this time we are doing Victoria and Victor, who fight as a pair, and they're pretty much always seen together. But for this specific encounter, you encounter them in Chapter 4 in the Eternia Council Headquarters. Now, we'll start with Victor and his stats. His class is Spirit Master with health at 80,000. His physical attack is set to 260 with magic attack at 122. Physical defense and magic defense are both at 49. He's weak to the darkness element, and you can steal the Yidrasil staff from him, and he drops the amulet. With Victoria, however, her class is the Arcanist, with HP at 70,000, physical attack being slightly higher, or excuse me, slightly lower, at 245, magic attack at 123. Physical defense and magic defense is the same as Victor at 49. Her weakness is light. You can steal the poison rod from her, and she drops the force armament. So, there you go. That is our enemies of the week. They join Traitor of the Heavens from Tales of Vesperia. everybody that is going to do it for this week's episode of rpg university with yours truly professor rpg scott white i want to have a huge big thank you 
to Mr. Mikey Phillips for joining as the guest professor on this episode. Thank you so much for coming on, my friend. Hey, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Like, this was really fun. I'm glad you enjoyed it. You have, uh, you've listed some really good RPGs, so I am sure you will be on again soon, because it's been a great time. Where can people find you online and around the interwebs? They can find me on Twitter um, at Keylock, uh, MBP, and you spell Keylock, K-E-Y-L-O-C-K-E, MBP. And you can find me on Instagram at that same Keylock MVP. And then Twitch, uh, I stream sometimes when I can at, at twitch.tv slash Keylock. Awesome. Well, be sure to give him a follow, everyone. He is awesome and deserves it. But for yours truly... You can find me on Twitter at SolidSnake120. You can occasionally find me on Irrational Passions Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash irrationalpassions. You can find us on Twitter at IrrationalPod. Of course, visit irrationalpassions.com for all the latest news, reviews. Well, not so much news. We don't do so much news. But reviews, articles, editorials, um, Professor RPG, uh, my primers and guides and stuff for rpgs and games you can find on the site as well um we got a bunch of stuff coming up because there's a lot of rpgs coming up so look forward to that and until next time everyone thanks for stopping by class dismissed